Welcome to A Journey Through the Message. My name is Robert. And my name is Heidi. And we are so glad that you're here. Today is day number 14. Two-week anniversary. Two-week anniversary. It, we're kind of becoming a thing. Oh, how many days until I have it? I think it's 21 or 20. I think is so. It? it is. We have one more week and then it will be a bona fide habit. This is so good because I used to have so many bad habits in my life. I have literally perfected a lot of bad habits. Bad habits is kind of a really delicate and gentle way of describing what you have, but <laughs> we'll go with bad habits. Well, yeah. I have also had some habits that weren't exactly what people would describe as good, so. And here we are reading the Bible to you. How great is that? It's amazing. It's even more amazing that we have people that are following with and, and reach out. That truly makes my heart just Absolutely. Fail. So as always, we're going to have the text available uh, that we're reading down below in the comments. If you want to follow along in your favorite translation, just let us do the hard work of reading and sit back. Put us on in the background, maybe enjoy a cup of coffee, and we'll be happy to do that for you. That's right. It is hard work reading through the Old Testament because those names. So we're going to say a quick prayer, and then Heidi's going to get us started in Matthew. So, Father God, thanks so much for just another beautiful day, a beautiful week. Thanks for all the little blessings and just little things that you've done along the way to just build us up and comfort us. Open our hearts, open our minds today. There's going to be something in here for somebody today and just let them hear exactly what it is and give them the wisdom to put it into practice. I ask this all in your holy name, I pray. Amen. Yes. Let that Holy Spirit come and do some work with these words. So Heidi's going to get us started today in Matthew chapter 6. Yes, this is going to be great because we're also going to be talking in just a few verses about prayer. So I'm looking forward to hearing the Lord's prayer mm-hmm. out of the message. I read it and I love it. Oh, and I am good. going to learn this and commit it to memory. And I am going to challenge myself to learn this in place of the traditional Lord's prayer. I think when you have something memorized from the time you're little, you don't stop to think about what you're saying. This changes that for me. Yep. So, all right, here we go. Chapter 6, the world is not a stage. You wouldn't know that by watching TikTok, but that's okay. Be especially careful when you are trying to be good so that you don't make a performance out of it. It might be good theater, but the God who made you won't be applauding. When you do something for someone else, don't call attention to yourself. You've seen them in action, I'm sure. Play actors, I call them. Treating prayer meeting and street corner alike as a stage, acting compassionate as long as someone is watching, playing to the crowds. They get applause, true, but that's all they get. When you help someone out, don't think about how it looks. Just do it, quietly and unobtrusively. That is the way your God, who conceived you in love, working behind the scenes, helps you out. And now that prayer with simplicity And when you come before God, don't turn it into that theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for 15 minutes of fame. Do you think God sits in a box seat? I've I've sat through some 30-minute 
30 minutes of fame prayers in my life. And let me tell you, the sound of candy wrappers is something you can hear for days. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. I like the way that it says that. That's why in prayer, just retreat to a quiet place. Don't Find a busy, chaotic, full of people place. Go by yourself and pray and just be with God and talk to him. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. Ooh, that's another one of those convictions. Mm. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. And what follows is the Lord's Prayer, as I'm sure most of you will know, but it's coming from the message, so it's worded differently. And I I like it. So here we go. There we go. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best as above and so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. I like that. It's great. I like it. Yeah. It's it's different and it make it does make you think differently about. So yes. I do yes, yes, like yes. it. Prayer is a conversation with God, but I think we've gotten away from allowing ourselves to just talk to God. Mm. Like we see that barrier, like, oh, to talk to him, we have to sound like this. God doesn't want you that way. He wants you to come to him like we're talking together now. Yep. Talk to God like that. He's waiting for you to just talk. He's like, oh, if they make this fancy thing, yep. just talk to me. In prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. Oh, there's the convictions again. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. Mm -hmm. So thankfully, we have a God who is so full of grace for us. We do. And now we will be turning to Acts chapter 8, and we'll be reading verse 26 through 40. All right. So if you remember last time when we were in Acts, we were talking about Peter and Simon, and now we're going to be talking about Philip. So starting in Acts, again, chapter 8, verse 26, the Ethiopian eunuch. Later, God's angel spoke to Philip. At noon today, I want you to walk over to that desolate road that goes from Jerusalem down to Gaza. He got up and went. He met an Ethiopian eunuch coming down the road. The eunuch had been on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem and was returning to Ethiopia, where he was minister in charge of all the finances of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. He was riding in a chariot and reading the prophet Isaiah. 
I find that absolutely fascinating, to be completely honest. This man held an extremely high position. Yeah. I mean, his chariot wasn't just like off the fresh start sure. car lot or yeah, no, whatever this was it not is. not a buy here, pay here. No, 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 no. Yeah. This shows up in a special little semi all wrapped up, a yeah, bow the on the Royce. top. The horses pulling it were like prime, beautiful. I mean, he exuded position sure. and wealth. I mean, look at the job that he had, but look what he was reading. He was reading Isaiah, and I find it fascinating. So, continuing. The spirit told Philip, climb into the chariot. Running up alongside, Philip heard the eunuch reading Isaiah and asked, do you understand what you're reading? He answered, how can I without some help? And invited Philip into the chariot with him. The passage he was reading was this, as a sheep led to the slaughter and quiet as a lamb being sheared, he was silent, saying nothing. He was mocked and put down, never got a fair trial. But who now can count his kin since he's been taken from the earth? The eunuch said, tell me, who is the prophet talking about, himself or some other? Philip grabbed his chance. Using this passage as his text, he preached Jesus to him. Mm. As they continued down the road, they came to a stream of water. Favorite part. <laughs> the eunuch said, Here's water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the chariot to stop. They both went down to the water, and Philip baptized him on the spot. Mm. I love this. You don't have to go to class for eight weeks. You don't have to make profession of faith. You have to literally say, I want Jesus. Yes, in my heart. Your baptism mm -hmm. is an outward expression of an inward change. And mm. that's just a beautiful, let's do this now. I feel the change inside of me. Let's. There's water. What's stopping us? Stop the chariot. And let's do this. Yeah. Any adults out there, if you were baptized in it as an infant, consider being baptized as an adult. I know from personal experience last Easter, it is the most powerful decision you can make in your life. Truly. I was baptized in prison. And uh, it was a beautiful experience. You know, as well. yeah, you know, up out of that water changed Amen. when you make that decision as an adult. Yep. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of God suddenly took Philip off. And that was the last the eunuch saw of him. Hmm. Can you imagine? All of a sudden he's vanished. Like he's, um, I'm all wet. And he was here, but. But he didn't mind. He had what he'd come for and went on down the road as happy as he could be. Philip showed up in the Azotus and continued north, preaching the message in all the villages along that route until he arrived at Caesarea. And now it's time for everybody's favorite part of the segment. We're rewinding back to the Old Testament. And I'm starting out with Psalm chapter 14. A David Psalm. Billis and bloated, they gas. God is gone. Their words are poisonous gas, fouling the air. They poison rivers and skies. Thistles are their cash crop. God sticks his head out of heaven. He looks around. He's looking for someone not stupid. One man, even. God expectant. Just one God-ready woman. He comes up empty. A string of zeros. 
useless, unshepherded sheep taking turns pretending to be the shepherd. The ninety and nine follow their fellow. Don't they know anything? All these predators? Don't they know they can't get away with this? Treating people like a fast food meal over which they're too busy to pray? Night is coming for them and nightmares. For God takes the side of victims. Do you think you can mess with the dreams of the poor? You can't, for God makes their dreams come true. Is there anyone around to save Israel? Yes, God is around. God turns life around. Turned around Jacob skips rope. Turned around Israel sings laughter. I love that too, and I know you did. <laughs> oh, I got hands in the air, just like, thank you, God. So, And now we'll bounce back to Genesis, and I'll be closing out with Genesis chapter 32 and 33. And we'll have a little pause to read in here. After I'm done with 32, there was kind of an interesting little thing about Jacob. And maybe some interesting names might appear. Oh, I hope. That always makes my job interesting. So Genesis, we're starting out here, chapter 32. And Jacob went his way. Angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, Oh, God's camp. And he named the place Mahanaim, which means campground. I think we'll go with campground. They had a place called campground? That's what it means, campground. Stop it. Then Jacob sent messages on ahead to his brother Esau in the land of Seir in Edom. He instructed them, Tell my master Esau this, a message from your servant Jacob. I've been staying with Laban and he couldn't get away until now. I've acquired cattle and donkeys and sheep, also men and women servants. I'm telling you all of this, my master, hoping for your approval. The messengers came back to Jacob and said, We talked to your brother Esau, and he's on his way to meet you. But he has 400 men with him. Jacob was scared, very scared. Panicked, he divided his people, sheep, cattle, and camels into two camps. He thought if Esau comes on the first camp and attacks it, the other camp has a chance at least to get away. And then Jacob prayed, God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, God who told me, go back to your parents' homeland and I will treat you well. I don't deserve all the love and loyalty that you've shown me. When I left here and crossed the Jordan, I only had the clothes on my back. And now look at me. Two camps. Save me, please, from the violence of my brother, my angry brother. I'm afraid he'll come and attack us, me, the mothers, and the children. You yourself said, I will treat you well. I'll make your descendants like the sands of the sea, far too many to count. He slept the night there, and then he prepared a present for his brother Esau from his possessions. Two hundred female goats, twenty male goats, two hundred ewes, twenty rams, thirty camels, with their nursing young, 40 cows and 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. Now listen, if somebody came to my house with all of that, I'd be like, and who exactly is paying for all the food yeah, for all these animals? I'd be like, I'd be so excited. God will provide. 
All right, now put a servant in charge of each herd and said, Go ahead of me and keep a healthy space between each herd. Then he instructed the first one out. When my brother Esau comes close and asks, Who is your master? Where are you going? Who owns these? Answer him like this. Your servant Jacob, they are a gift to my master Esau. He's on his way. He gave the same instructions to the second servant and to the third, to each in turn as they set out with their herds. Say, your servant Jacob is on the way behind us. He thought, I'll soften him up with a succession of gifts. And then when he sees me face to face, maybe he'll be glad and welcome me. I'm just thinking that poor first one out, like... I know. Yeah, can like, you imagine being the first... Like, why are you doing this? Exactly. Why do we have to do this? <laughs> you go meet him first. So his gifts went before him while he settled down for the night in the camp. But during the night, he got up and took his two wives, his two maidservants, and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He got them safely across the brook, along with all of his possessions. But Jacob stayed behind by himself, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he couldn't get the best of Jacob as they wrestled, he deliberately threw Jacob's hip out of joint. The man said, Let me go, it's daybreak. Jacob said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. He's out for blessings. He's, he's getting the blessing. The man said, What's your name? He answered, Jacob. The man said, But no longer. Your name is no longer Jacob. From now on, it's Israel, which means God wrestler. You've wrestled with God and you've come through. Jacob asked, and what's your name? The man said, why do you want to know my name? And then right then and there, he blessed him. Jacob named the place Peniel, God's face, because he said, I saw God face to face and lived to tell the story. The sun came up as he left Peniel, limping because of his hip. This is why Israelites to this day don't eat the hip muscle because of Jacob's hip was thrown out of joint. Interesting. Yeah. So now here's the little pause section here. And this is about uh, chapter 32, verse 1 to 32. So, so this is titled, The Power of God to Change mm -hmm. People. So Jacob was one of the most thoroughly crooked men portrayed in Scripture. There doesn't seem to have been a single redeeming feature in his life until that night when God wrestled with him and changed him. But it was precisely this man, this man in whom we can find nothing good, who was changed and became the namesake of God's people, Israel. Some of us have given up on ourselves the way that we would have given up on Jacob could we have not seen the power of God to change people. We become so completely discouraged with our attempts at love and righteousness that we wonder, will I ever make any progress in God's ways? Others of us seem so separated from the grace and love and ways of God that we wonder, who can possibly penetrate my callous skin? The answer to these questions lies on the banks of the river Jabbok. You can't do it, but God can. He is able to penetrate your callous skin. He can enable you to walk in his ways. God changed Simon from a mercurial fisherman with flighty emotions to Peter, the rock. He changed Saul, 
from a fanatical persecutor of the Christian church to Paul, its greatest preacher and missionary, there is no person Mm. he cannot change. Not even you are an exception, including that which is the worst in you, those things that cower inside where nobody but you can see. And he changed me. I used to jam needles in my arm for fun, full of methamphetamine. And here I am today reading reading the Bible. Bible. Yay, God. Yay, God. God's great. He is. And we are in Genesis now, finishing up with chapter 33. Thanks for following along. Mm -hmm. Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming with his 400 men. He divided the children between Leah and Rachel and the two maidservants. He put the maidservants out in front. Oh, there we oh, go. Of course, put. Leah with <laughs> nice eyes. Leah and her children next, Sorry. and Rachel and Joseph last. I know she really did get oh, the short man. end of the stick. Like, how do you know how that felt? I can imagine. I know. Oh. I know. He led the way, and as he approached his brother, bowed seven times, honoring his brother. But Esau ran up and embraced him, held him tight, and kissed him, and they both wept. Then Esau looked around and saw the women and children, and who are these with you? Jacob said, the children that God saw fit to bless me with. Then the maidservants came up with their children and bowed, and then Leah with her children also bowing. And finally, Joseph and Rachel came up and bowed to Esau. Esau then asked, and what was the meaning of all those herds that I met? I was hoping that they would pave the way for my master to welcome me. Esau said, Oh, brother, I have plenty of everything. Keep what is yours for yourself. Jacob said, Please, if you can find it in your heart to welcome me, accept these gifts. When I saw your face, it was the face of God smiling on me. Accept the gifts I have brought for you. God has been good to me, and I have more than enough. Jacob urged the gifts on him, and Esau accepted. Then Esau said, Let's start out on our way. I'll take the lead. But Jacob said, My master can see that the children are frail, and the flocks and herds are nursing, making for slow going. If I push them too hard, even for a day, I'd lose them all. So, master, you go on ahead of your servant, while I take it easy at the pace of my flocks and children. I'll catch up with you in Seir. Esau said, Let me at least lend you some of my men. There's no need, said Jacob. Your generous welcome is all I need or want. So Esau set out that day and made his way back to Seir. And Jacob left for Succoth. He built a shelter for himself and sheds for his livestock. And that's how the place came to be called Succoth, which means sheds. And that's how it happened that Jacob arrived all in one piece in Shechem in the land of Canaan, all the way from Paddan Aram. He camped near the city. He brought the land where he pitched his tent from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem. He paid a hundred silver coins for it. Then he built an altar there and named it El Elohah, Israel. Mighty is the God of Israel. Esau was not a bad person. (laughs) He got shafted from the day he was born. Everything taken from him. Nothing. And he was gracious. And he's like, I don't need it. Yes. And just very gracious and good for him. And that should be a lesson to us in a lot of cases too. Like, 
if somebody does come back to you in your life and you see that they're coming back with the right we've said often between us like you'll know somebody by their fruit yes and that's so you don't have to i'm not saying you have to just blanket like just allow everybody back into your life but if you see somebody that has gone through steps of accountability yes. transparency they're coming back their heart is right yes make an effort i think that's yeah yeah we're supposed to love like jesus amen sometimes that's tough sometimes <laughs> So friends, we appreciate having you along today. This is day number 14. This has been a journey that has uh, just been such a blessing to us. Mm -hmm. We are really working hard on a lot of little things just to make this podcast the best for you because it deserves to be. It's God's word at the end of the day, and it deserves to be good. I'm like here, I'm like reading the Bible. That's good enough. It is. And I need you to know that I appreciate your desire for this to be done right well wife i appreciate you i love you <laughs> and on that note everybody we will see you next time for episode number 15. 15 we appreciate having you along on this journey through the message this means a lot to us and we hope that you are blessed just even just a small percentage of how much we are blessed by oh, this absolutely this is i look forward to it so thanks again for following along, and we will see you next time. Until then.